So, I mean, if you want to look at our episodes so far, technically, we still have not talked about the Noxus region because technically, I consider her Ionian at this point. All right, so, so this is us backtracking to Ionia. <laughs> yeah, so technically. Yeah, no, we don't talk about Noxus on this channel. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> we'll get there, guys. Give us time. <laughs> they stop putting out damn cards. Maybe. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 29. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. What is up? And we have the hype train. It's leaving the station. Yeah, and we're, we're hopping here. on it, baby. We're here. The new patch is out. But first, housekeeping. You can listen to us everywhere. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. That's at PodcastCore, C-O-R. And you can send an email to the same name at gmail.com. Please leave a like, follow, short review, comment, and tell a friend to join the side of peace and listen to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. That's such an uplifting message for what is... A very depressing title <laughs> episode. War is hell. War is hell, brother. Um, I, state of the game, I haven't played anything yet. Um, I haven't even opened it and installed the update. I've just <laughs> been like, I've been so behind. I've been watching like videos and watching all the trailers and looking at the cards. But it's one of those periods in time when new patches come out where it's slightly overwhelming so it's like, let me give it a couple days to pan out, and then I'll get in there. Once we figure out what cars are trash, what aren't, um, then I know what I'm looking at. And usually I do a lot of limited in that time frame. So these upcoming weeks, expect that. But just so happens that the patch hit, and then we did our episode right after, right? So yeah. there hasn't been there hasn't much time. But Hetch, Hetch knows no bounds when it comes to releases he's in there yeah. day one um, with with you talking about how it's a crazy time to be jumping in and how you want to let it settle uh, you, you're a coward um, <laughs> uh, i so like i completely missed the memo of the card that was coming out with a set for freljord the scar grounds or the yeah. Scarground Arena for Freljord, which is a new landmark. And if a creature takes damage or survives damage, they get plus one attack and tough. So I'd already been messing around with Vladimir decks before this. I slept on this card and yep. then immediately went, oh boy. And yeah, that's all I've been trying to play other than like a couple smooth brain ideas that I complained about off air because I don't want to hang my shame out there. So yeah, a lot of Vladimir, uh, Vladimir decks. So yeah. There, yeah. There you and, and you're always in the infinite race against swim and Mogwai, right? Like they're all, <laughs> you're trying to get right, his ideas right, This is going to date the episode, but 30 minutes before we started <laughs> recording this, Mega Mogwai puts out a YouTube video of <laughs> Vladimir with the Scar Grounds. And I just, I, I'm so mad that I need to sit him down and yell straight in his face about how much I love his channel and I love his content. <laughs> But, they, you know, like now I'm just a poser because I don't – no one's going to believe that I've been doing this like the day before your video came out. But thanks, man. I, keep it up. Keep 
keep shoving all that content out there. I will consume it all. <laughs> that was so like passively aggressive, nice, like aggressively nice. <laughs> 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 Way to show respect. But let's go ahead and hop into so the main topic, War's Hell, which it is. Um, and Riven's story is a good one. Um, we've been hyped to talk about it for a while. I mean, we've always alluded to how we wanted Riot to approach the card, and they did some things correctly in our I say correctly, as if it's objective, but <laughs> they did some things that appease what we wanted and then left out one big one that we really wanted. But we'll talk about that that piece because it makes sense from a gameplay standpoint why they stayed away from that. Um, because you know, yeah. we'll get there. But yeah, it's not to mention like the game is still so young. Yeah. We get it, but yeah, we're we're it all still gonna be a little cool, salty. Man. <laughs> we'll settle for alternative art. All right, um, Ooh, get yeah. us into the the first spell here. All right, so we can't talk about Riven unless we start talking about Riven's sword. So mm -hmm. there's only one spell to talk about today. It, it's pretty obvious. Uh, we're going to be looking at the weapon hilt. So this is a two mana burst speed spell. Give an ally plus two plus zero this round. And it has the new keyword for a lot of the Noxus cards from the set, which is reforge. Uh, for anyone that's still... A, that hasn't been looking at the patch or gotten a chance to play around with it. Reforge is a mechanic that's kind of a pseudo riven mini game. So anytime you reforge or play a card with the reforge keyword, it will make a a burst speed spell in hand that is a blade fragment spell. One of three spells. And when you cast th all three of the Blade Fragment spells, it creates the the Blade of the Exile, which is Riven's sword. I don't want to get too much into that until we talk about Riven. But this is a mini game that was kind of built around Riven, um, which is also a, uh, a new effect that is called a call out to an older effect because it's very similar to the gems from Targon where you can only play the blade fragments on your turn and they can't be in response to a spell or in combat. Um, so that this is, it's really cool that they're playing around with the, this limitation because it does give them a little bit more freedom with burst speed spells and hopefully kind of shows us that we're not going to have more instances where Ryan and I are crying about cards like Hush. Uh, yes. <laughs> Notice they made this two mana. Uh, two mana burst spell. Two mana burst spell. not on our radar. It's not on our radar. <laughs> the three mana, we're watching. We're watching for you. <laughs> we're watching you, three mana. Oh, Lord. But um, the... The weapon hill itself, like outside of the reforge mechanic, it's, you know, very solid combat trick. And again, since it is burst speed, like this in Runeterra, we've kind of seen that like the combat tricks that are almost inherently just stat changes without keywords are almost always going to be burst speed at this point. So mm -hmm. this kind of just fits what we expect <laughs> from the game and obviously the lore implications of it because yeah you got to build the riven's blade you can't have riven without the big gigantic sword yep so. and i love i love the uh the quote here on this card and you guys know how good i am at reading um so <laughs> to know your enemy first know their weapon it will tell you how they move how they think 
when they'll strike, it is the purest expression of its wielder. And it remind it's funny because this reminds me directly of the game. Because one of the biggest things when playing against a ribbon was trying to figure out how she was going to do her combos, in what direction she was going to move. And it completely changed the game, really, when it came to um, the characters that came out after her uh, and just gameplay for melee characters in general. So this is actually a really strong and obviously it, inter- it introduces uh, Ariel, the tractor, tractor, tractor. <laughs> The tractor. The tractor. <laughs> <laughs> the tractor as well. I was saying we didn't want to get into Riven too quickly, but, you know, she is a farmer. So, of course, she's got I mean, yeah, her see, trusty tractor. Ariel. I'm already in mean space. This is how my brain moves. We're already there, baby. So You're take, too good. I know. Take us, take us to the follower now. Oh, Lord. Yes. I messed up the segue, too. It's like, <laughs> it's so, it's so fucked. Uh, I can't. <laughs> it's over. Stop the recording. Stop, Stop listening. To, Stop don't it. listen to this episode. I, that's a joke. Please keep Turn listening. Off right we now. love you. Turn off right now. <laughs> we come love you, our, our come lovely come listeners. Come back in episode 30. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, yeah. All right. So, um, and with the weapon hilt, the quote is actually, like you said, it's a direct quote from a card that we are going to talk about, which is uh, Ariel the Tracker. Or Ariel. Ariel. Yeah. Is um, it Ariel or Aro? I guess it would be I, Yeah, there's RL. not an I in the spelling, so I would probably go with RL. Yeah. I do like the sound of Ariel. Like, that just kind of it's rolls those things off the where tongue I feel better. Like, I feel like all fantasy should have a dedicated portion of their site where they have a sound clip that tells you how to sound, how to say their name. Yes. Or even phonetics. Phonetics yeah. are great. Yeah. But they always leave it up to the community. And the funny part about it is the creators will say it all differently. Like, you'll, you'll hear yep. different creators talk about it. And this is this is a big problem in nerd culture, and it needs to be fixed. I'm just saying that this is my platform. <laughs> this is your soapbox. You can use it. Then. <laughs> All right, but so uh, we'll we'll go with RL. RL, yeah, RL, RL cool. the tracker, which is yeah. a six mana two five, so kind of weak stat line. But at round end, if you cast a spell on me this round, I strike the weakest enemy, and I love the flavor of this card because it kind of is a natural payoff mechanic to the mini game that we are starting to see from Riven that you know we already talked about with the weapon hilt where you've got a you've got a target now to put some of these gem fragments or sword fragments onto and you do get a reward for the sword fragment, which is, you know, at the end of the round, the Arl is going to strike the weakest enemy on their board. And since it does have the limitation of the weakest enemy, you can usually, like, there's, there is a theory-crafted way where you can kind of get this to pop off and kind of keep taking out the chump blockers without having to commit too much into an attack if you don't want to. Um, and it... As far as with you looking at competitive play, too, it's it also could be a reward for if you're having to burst pass and you're not really wanting to, like, attack potentially into something, like, into a big board wipe or anything like that. Uh, like, this kind of... There's a lot that could be done with this. It's just that the that stat line at six mana is a little funky. Yeah. And, Definitely. Um, I, yeah, this this is one of those cards that seems like a fun card to play with. I don't see it being competitive in any sense. 
uh, because it, it's one of those you mentioned the stat the stat line versus the cost and that puts it in the win more category where you need so much of a setup for your opponent to be in and then also you need to be the setup with the proper cards in hand and then you can only really pull this stuff off when you're ahead you can't really do it from behind um absolutely so it's yeah it, it's definitely a flavor card and i think it's 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 a really cool approach yeah, but, uh, to sh- introduce that character yeah but it is it is a card i did want to bring up because obviously these weird goofy things always catch my eye and i love doing stupid things um but also like there's there's potential that Arl could really end up being important to the story yeah because Arl the tracker what is Arl tracking? <gasps> oh, and I'll let that be our segue into today's main topic. You're better than me, man. Yeah, yeah. The tractor. <laughs> the tractor. Tilling the fields. <laughs> so we finally got Riven, and uh, boys, this is a good story because uh, it's it's a lot different from most of the stories we've we've seen at this point. I mean, you always have like betrayal and. And, uh, you know, being lost and exiled and all that stuff. But this is a good, like, down... It's like the down-to-earth story in a world filled with magic and monsters and craziness, right? Like, the the definition of humble (laughs) beginnings. Yes, exactly. So, Riven was born essentially an orphan, right? Her father died in battle. Her mother died at birth, unfortunately. So, she grew up just working on a uh, noxious farm, right? Noxious. Noxious farm. And... When the draft came through her town every so often, the conscriptors, she was like, you know what? I'm going to take this shot to get out of here, you know, get out of this small town. I'm going to join the army. So she bounces and immediately stands out, right? Because she's a farmhand. She's working on the farm. She's strong. And one thing that she became known for was her, you know, long sword wielding capabilities, despite her size. Uh, her strength was insane and she was smart and they considered her gifted. So she put herself on, you know, small battlegrounds. And part of the gifts she got was the magical runic blade she's known for. Um, And she was given to it by the then emperor of Noxus, Borum Darkwill. What a name. I, I, yeah, like I, I wish I had like a something a little bit of a cooler title. Like, I know, the dark right? will. The dark will. I am Borum. You got, you got any, anything on the runic blade there? Like, do you like, I, the runic, I, uh, listen, legendary cool items are always cool. A hundred percent. Not like not to mention too that like they the blade like even outside of like the lore like they're they're already talking about that there's inscriptions on the blade yeah. too and like that that stuff is always just like yo I love this I want to know what the inscription is I want to know yeah. who came up with it like uh, a f- movie of mine that I love to death uh, is The Last Samurai with Tom mm-hmm. Cruise and I almost like that was almost like my final step into trying to learn kanji because like they give him his sword yeah and it's like has the inscription on it and I'm just like yes that's so cool it's yes. a message my, you and my mother love that movie <laughs> it's a movie i will it convert is. you it's we, solid it's when, solid when the recording's done we <laughs> we're, we're gonna have words lechangla lechangla carajo but you know the one thing that differs here is she doesn't never she never names the blade right it's just known as this legendary or this epic weapon that she wields and she does so well 
So after she's given this weapon, uh, she's tasked with a mission uh, to escort some precious cargo, which is essentially this new weapon they designed as they're battling with Ionia. And they're moving the, they're moving this into the Ionian region. They need her support and she's there. But this is around the time where she starts to understand that during this battle, there's not really any righteous goal of this Noxus attack, right? And while escorting the transport, everything goes wrong. And you've probably seen this in like certain war movies, etc. But they're transporting this weapon and then a storm happens and they get stuck. And as they call for help to their nearby allies, all they see is a rain of arrows coming towards them from their allies. At this point is when, you know, freeze frame record scratch. <laughs> You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Riven, the first thing she does is pull out her blade and use it essentially like a shield because it's so massive as this cargo explodes, causing insane amount of uh, caustic damage to the area to both Ionian forces and the Noxus forces. And she's like, what the hell? So as she as after the aftermath of this, you know, this event kind of sticks with her and she essentially self exiles right after that in the Ionian region. And it starts to suffer from what essentially is PTSD. Um, and this is probably the first time, you know, we've seen something. So it's this real and dis- displayed in Legends of Runeterra, right? Where you have this, this war because there's all, it's a constant war going on. So you have this person suffering from these, the aftermath of something they experienced um, during wartime. And part of this PTSD led her to you know, take that hatred and destroy the sword because the sword was given to her by the man in charge of all this, right? So she breaks it, still doesn't feel any better because that's not really the cause of the hatred and then starts or takes refuge with uh, an Ionian village who takes her in as one of their own. They show her mercy. They forgive her for the part she played in this whole war. And after that point is when the manhunt starts. So we get back to the tracker where Nox's forces are sending are being sent in to find her and to bring her back for, you know, desertion, um, which is a common like that. that That's how it works as they go, because they, they might have secrets. The soldier might have, especially her being a special soldier in the army. And then what happened if that gets out? Right. Yeah. That could be a bad stain on you, et cetera, et cetera. Like such a recognized figure carrying what could potentially be such a recognized blade as well. You know, yes. You, that's, that's a loose end. That's <laughs> a loose end. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, she says uh, in order to kind of redeem herself, she doesn't want to bring any more trouble to the Ionian people who she's caused trouble in the past and have taken her, taken her in. So she gives herself up. They take her back to Noxus and she's essentially in prison is where we're left. Um, as their captive until further action is taken. And at this point, she's still suffering um, from her afflictions and she's just waiting for something better to happen. And with that, we're given the illusion of uh, Dark Will is no longer the emperor for reasons. And there's a new rise of an emperor and or emperor of sorts. And Noxus is changing. Their ideals are changing. The way how they function is changing. And will that play into her benefit? We don't know yet. Yeah. And there's and the story also just like leaves a lot of question marks too because they the explosion that 
ended up being the final straw to lead to Riven's desertion. They talk about the alchemist that put this together. Yeah. Who is that? They t with the blade. It was it has these ruined carvings put on it by some sorceress. Who's a sorceress? There, Riven's story has. Uh, well, that it doesn't even end there too, because there's also uh, a. A, a tale going around Ionia that a weapons master was killed at the same time that her blade was destroyed. Yeah. Who could that be? Like there's a lot, like there's yeah. so many r rippled effects off of Riven's just initial story. And as far as anybody that's looking into lore for just, you know, to put the pieces together, this is just the stuff that's just like, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, this, <laughs> yeah. This is what makes me click, like, go to the next chapter yep, and keep reading. Yep. <laughs> yep, this is that you you hit the nail on the head there and it, it also fits back into that humble beginnings because Riven's such a small piece of something greater going on, right? Um, so let's look at the card. And the card, obviously interesting. They did a great job. So what we talked about is they did a great job of capturing the combo effect of how she plays in League of Legends. So yeah. she's a three cost, three, four, with when you gain the attack token, reforge. And to level up is when I see Blade of the Exile in your hand. So you get Blade of the Exile by assembling three pieces of her weapons. So once you do the reforging, and then you have the Blade of the Exile, which allows her to flip. So you get this combo as you play to get her to that point of using the full weapon, which you know from the game if you've played it. Um, and then when she flips, she has when you gain the attack token reforge. But now when my power is increased for the first time each round, increase it by twice as much. So once again, this combo ability where you're going round to round to round by still progressing Riven as a character, which is cool. I mean, it's, it's a cool way to design this card. It makes it so that low cost isn't broken right because she's right. low costed but has a fat butt right so it, it it's a well like it's a strong card on its own face but it's not completely broken uh until you put the effort into it uh, to keep her going yeah i i think it's dangerous for us to be talking about rivens but here True. <laughs> uh, i i've i've added myself too much with like our lux episode and stuff like yeah. you, i need you to come bring it back bring, but no like it, it is important to point that out too because like the, this is not like arl um where the stat line doesn't match up with the mana cost i mean yeah we we've had three man, three drops get nerfed down to three fours and they still are you know, like you know solid cards so this is a great stat line and then that that level up is like you could argue that it's not necessary to level up riven to be competitive but there's also uh people like me that look at the level up effect and imagine putting battle fury on riven and just getting plus 16 damage in this turn uh and and popping off yeah <laughs> like uh, i i am not saying i have a problem i <laughs> i am saying that i am building this and i will figure it out <laughs> yeah the and, and the the quote here once again fits really well with giving the positive side of her view from getting outside of this you know ptsd where she says i will not run from what i was i made a promise to mend what i have broken and then once she flips is and i will not run from those who would break me um 
which obviously is an analogy to the sword, et cetera, et cetera, which we'll, we'll talk about later what happens to the sword when they get yeah. to piece back together, et cetera, et cetera. That quote right there was just like, man, queen. Yeah. Hell yeah. What, what, a, <laughs> what a bad girl. Queen of spades. <laughs> queen of spades. Yeah. So R- Riven's a baller, man. Yeah, it's, it's a dope card. So the only grief we had was, and, and this wasn't, this wasn't really an original idea. I think this was a shared idea across community. Was Absolutely. that people? Yeah, people were hoping that it would be a two-region card. So essentially, at the beginning, so her first form would be Noxus, and then when she flips, she would be an Ionian card, um, and that would mean that you'd be able to play her as one of each either region right so she would count towards either one when building a deck um people thought that would be cool right because you could have like essentially three noxus champions instead of you know three three or have like sorry have her as a noxus champion when you want to play other ionian stuff etc etc and play around with that but that didn't end up being the case or or she would also have like ionian cars that were related to her versus noxus cars that related to her that fit in those um archetypes so it didn't happen, but it's very complex. Yeah, and I know, and I know that a lot of uh, people on the uh, Room Terra subreddit were already just theory crafting, like uh, the kind of implications that could happen if you could put this in as a dual type card. Yeah. Um, not just on the gameplay, but just like the other characters that could come in. Um, the one that pops in my head right off the top of my head is uh, Zin Zhao, who yes. is a Demacian diplomat. Uh, well, he's a Ionian diplomat in Damasia, yeah. and it, so he already has like the you know both of the nations kind of in his story inherently, and yeah. it, like it's, it's a lot of fun that you could have like you know theory crafting these dual type cards. But it, like we said earlier in the episode, I totally get why it's not happening yet, or if it you know, or if they why they haven't outright said. Like Riot hasn't outright said whether they're going to do a dual type or not. It, the game's so young. It yes, yeah. totally makes sense. It, yeah. We're just going to be sad because it would have been like the Omega hype train. I know, right? Like, yo, yo, dual color. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, if you want to look at our episodes so far, technically, we still have not talked about the Noxus region because technically I consider her Ionian at this point. All right. So, so this is us backtracking to Ionia. <laughs> yeah. So technically. Yeah. No, we don't talk about Noxus on this channel. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> we'll get there, guys. Give us time. <laughs> they stop putting out damn cards. Maybe. <laughs> what are you talking about? They gave us apprehend. It's <laughs> So this takes us to the point in the episode near the end here where Hetch gets a challenge question or just a challenge in general. And this one is going to be related to what we're talking about, which is if you had a special weapon, what would it be? Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. And I, I mean, I'll go first. Um, I've always been a fan of scimitars. It's something about, yeah, it's a sword still, but like the curve of the sword. And yes, I'm a Dristorden fan. Like any other nerd out there who reads Forgotten Realm stuff, I get it. All right. Bro. I know what I'm about. 
but scimitars are cool that you know the way with the, how they're curved how how they differ when you use them in battle from different from other swords um because they're meant to be used for pairing type uh, uh maneuvers so i would like like a like a now i don't know if i want it to be a demonic scimitar or if it's like uh like a sentient one that has a mind of its own and what kind of elemental power would i want it to have i think ice is cool so let's go with like a, a frost demon because I, I want a I want a cool backstory, right? Like I want I want to I want to have a sword that I have to bargain with to not completely corrupt me. So let's do a frost demonic scimitar. Okay, okay. Yeah, you you went full Forgotten Realms the moment that you <laughs> like you, you were waiting. Okay, is this what the podcast is about to become? Was like, I reading some earlier today? I don't know, but Boundless <laughs> is pretty good so far. <laughs> no, no, I like I, I, I like it. I like it. I, mm. I like everything about it. So, um, but th this also gives me a little bit more creative agency with what I was about to say which works in my favor too because i already know what my weapon would be um because okay. uh i i would have to go to one of my favorite pastimes the my the first love of my life yeah. so my my weapon would be a club or a hammer <laughs> so that way i could successfully just transition my baseball swing into full-on combat <laughs> Right, which smooth transition of skills. Yeah, yeah, you know, like it, it would really kind of <laughs> yeah. dampen the learning curve for me. Um, and I, I would want to keep it simple. I wouldn't really, yeah. I, I, I don't know about like having like a cursed, like a demonic kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like if we're going a little bit more like you know Hetch's backstory here. Yeah. Then probably it probably would be more like a paladin's kind of weapon. So a okay. little bit of like so blessed. A maybe blessed, a blessed maybe some radiant damage. But what I would yeah. love damage wise, like I would rather have it blessed and have the blessing not really do anything because I'd yeah. want the damage to just be bonus force damage. <laughs> yeah. like I, I'm swinging for the fences, baby. Like that's <laughs> I, I I want this to be I want this to be Hetch's home run club. <laughs> Yeah, I just I, I think you, you you're you've built this consistent lore here over our episodes, which, you know, that's obviously the plug for you all to go listen to all the rest of the episodes, because the questions and your answers have lined up to a point to where, like, you have the top half of a bear. You have a mount named Cervantes, who is sentient and who also has his own hammer. You now have a hammer, which is blessed with holy light. Yes. And it's just like, what is happening? Yeah, um, this is actually, this podcast is a really roundabout way for me to advertise the book that I'm pushing to be published, <laughs> which is, which is, uh, Hetch's, Hetch's Adventures, A Cuban Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> That's a terrible title. <laughs> it's, a, it's a work in progress, man. All right. Like it's not published yet or anything. You know, you just kind of you kind of spilled the beans on it. So you know, I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, like I got I got caught. You know, we might as well just oh throw it God. out there, like title, true title pending. I know, we're, I'm working yeah, on it's, it. It's working, working title. <laughs> so with that, as always, guys, thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with the next episode. <laughs> you want to be my editor, by the way? <laughs> Take care, everybody.